Officially 9.25, but I think unofficially closer to 9.30. So that's probably about when we start, about 9.30. Okay, so once again, I want to connect the end of last week's Parsha Vayetze to this week's Parsha Vayishlach. And having the following general thought in mind first. Sometimes we pick up the Chumash, and we start, and we say, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Lefanev, and we move forward. And we don't necessarily have in mind what was the very last thing that we came across in last week's parsha. It's not necessarily on our mind. Now, one of the Meforshe HaTorah who constantly um, endeavors to help us make that connection is the Baal HaTurim. The Baal HaTurim will often, at the very beginning of a parsha, he'll say something which connects the beginning of this parsha to the end of last week's parsha. So it kind of creates that frame of mind of continuity. Because I think that we, we start by Yishlach and we're not really thinking about what happened last week. So I, I would like to, with that in mind, before we get to your photocopies of the Midrash, put a little background because... These first few words in Vayishlach, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Lefanov. Ya- Yaakov sent Malachim in front of him to Esav, his brother, etc. is very much connected with the end of last week's Parsha. So I'm going to read out the last two psukim, the last three psukim of last week's Parsha's Vayetze. Vayashkem Lovan Baboker, Lovan woke up in the morning after he and Yaakov had that encounter, Vayinashek Lovanov, Livanosav, and he kissed his sons and his daughters, Vayivorechesem, that would have to mean his grandsons here, and he blessed them, Vayelech, and he went, Vayashov, Lovan Limakomo, and Lovan went back to his place. Vayakov Halach Ladarko, and Yaakov went on his way, Vayifka Uvo Malachelokim. And Malachim of Hashem met up with him. So keep that in mind, they made up with him. Not he met up with them. Just keep that in mind, the back of your mind. Vayomer Yaakov, and Yaakov said, Kasher Ra'om, when he saw them, Machane Elohim Zeh. This is a camp of Hashem. Vayikro Hashem HaMokom Ahu Machanoim, and he called this place camps. So two, Machanoim, plural. So Yaakov Avinu, a lot of you, I'm sure, say this when you say Tfilas Haderach in the Siddur. There's different psukim to say at the end of it. You don't have to say them, but they're printed in most Sidurim. These two psukim come right along with Tfilas Haderach in, in the Sidurim. So what's happening over there? Yaakov is going on his way. He takes leave of Lavan, and he meets up with Malachi Elohim. So I'm going to just read out a few Meforshim. Again, these are not yet on our photocopies. This is all background in order for us to get into this morning's Midrash. So first, Rashi. Rashi says there in Pasuk Beis, Vayifka uvo Malachi Elohim, and Malachim of Hashem met up with him. Malachim shel Eretz Yisroel, ba'u likraso, lulavoso lo'oretz. Malachim from the land of Israel came to meet Yaakov in order to accompany him to the land of Israel. Yaakov is returning to Israel after 22 years of being away, 36, including the 14 years in Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. So what's happening? The Malachim are getting ready to greet him. They go out of Eretz Yisrael in order to greet Yaakov on his way in. Right, so that's Rashi. And then Rashi continues to say, Machanayim, two camps. Why is it Lashon Rabim? So Zakh Rashi, Shte Machanos, Shalchutsa Lo'oretz, Shabau Imo. The first camp were all the Malachim of Chutz Lo'oretz, who came with Yaakov, because he's been in Chutz Lo'oretz, so he has those Chutz Lo'oretz Malachim. Adkan, Vishal Eretz Yisroel, Shabau Likraso. And then the Malachim of Eretz Yisroel, who came to greet him. So those are the two camps, according to Rashi, Chutz Oretz Malachim and Eretz Yisroel Malachim. Also keep that in the back of your mind. That's going to be important as well. Now, the Sephorno says, 
Machanaim, Shtei Machanos, two camps. His comment is different than Rashi. The Sforno says, Shtei Machanos Elokim. There are two camps of Hashem here, of from Hashem. Shomalachim Vishalo. There's Yaakov's camp, and there's the angel's camp. Yaakov has a camp of people, Basar The Malachim are another camp of Shemaim, Malachi Elohim. So those are the two camps that are coming, that are meeting together. Okay, that's the end of Parshas Vayetze. But I want to read one more, which is, this is the Tirgum Yonasen Ben Uziel, on the very last Pasuk of Parshas Vayetze. So this is what the Tirgum says. I'm going to read it out loud for you. Va'amar Yaakov. And Yaakov said, Kevan Dechaminun, when he saw these malachim, La Meshur de Esav Hinun. These are not from the camp of Esav. He's perceiving the malachim. These are not Esav malachim. Da'asyon Lukadamui. These malachim that are coming toward me. Vila. And they're also not from Lavan's camp. They're not Lavan Malachim. Yaakov had very good vision, right? He's looking at the Malachim and he's discerning where they come from. Who they, these are spiritual beings. We can't see them. Yaakov sees them and he goes, no, these are not Esav-looking Malachim. These are not Lavan-looking Malachim. The Hadru Lemirdaf Basra, he's gone home. Elohim Mashir Viyanda Malachaya Kadishin, but rather these are a camp of holy angels. The Ishtalchu Min Kadam Hashem, which God has sent, Hinun, Begin Kara Shamada Asrahahu Bilashon Bez Kucha Machanaim. Therefore, he called this holy place Machanaim. These are camps of angels from Hashem. Okay, those are the three Mephorshim I wanted to look at. Now we're going to go forward to Parsha's Vayishlach to take us to this week's Parsha. So first I'm going to read a Pasuk in the Torah, a few more Mephorshim, then we'll have sufficient background to learn a few lines of Midrash. So this is what the Torah says. Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Lefondov Yaakov sent Malachim in front of him. El Esav Achiv to Esav his brother, Artsas Seir to the land of Seir, Sedei Adam to the field of Adam. <coughs> okay, so Rashi says, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim, you probably know this Rashi, Malachim Mamish, right? Mamish angels. So what else could the word mean? Messengers, right? The word Malach can also mean a messenger, which means people. The Rashi says, Malachim Mamish. Okay, Artsa Seir, where was he sending them? To the land of Seir, to Eretz Yisroh. The Sforno says, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim. Why was Yaakov sending Malachim? Why did he need to send angels? Lada'as ma belev achiv. He needed to know what lied in the heart of his brother, Esav. People can't look into the heart. Malach can look into the heart. So he's sending Malachim because he needs mind readers. What's he thinking? A Malach can look inside Esau's heart. So he can know. So Yaakov can know how to handle this situation. What's on Esau's mind? Now, another, another one in the Mephorshim. I'm sorry, I can't find it right off the bat, but it says that these malachim were, of course, protective angels for Yaakov Avinu. Now, the Orachayim HaKadosh adds another comment here. And he says, by way of a hint, there are three tekufos, three zmanim, periods, eras, which characterize the relationship of Yaakov and Esav. So Rechaim says, one, the first period is when Yihiyu Yaakov ve'esa b'midas ha'achva. 
when Yaakov and Esav are Shalomdik. That's earlier in history. And that's called Esav Achiv. When the Torah refers to Esav as Esav Achiv, that's the Tekufa in history where Yaakov and Esav are brothers. <coughs> and the, the Orachayim HaKadr says this was up until the Chorban Havayas. Even though there were times when it was not like that, when Edom was actually under our domain, but basically that was up until Chorban Havayas. The second Tekufa is Mizaman Shenecharav Havayas, Ad Eis Ketz, from the time of Churban Beis Hamikdash until the time of Mashiach, and that is where Esav is Bemaila Gedola. Esav is standing over us. We're under his authority. He's the ruler of the world. And the Maila of Yisrael, the stature of the Jewish people, is not recognizable relative to Esav during this Tekufa of history until Mashiach. And that's called Artsa Seir, like the land of Seir. It's Esav's land. And the third one is Biyamim HaMekuvim, the days that we hope for, the time of Mashiach, Bimhera Biyamenus. Shetihiya Edom Yerasha, where Edom, Esav, will be our inheritance, meaning we will be over them. As it says, Sedei Edom. The last phrase here is Sedei Edom. That's like Kisoda Techarash, like a plowed over field, like we've plowed over Esav. So in that Pasuk Aleph, you have three phrases. Esav Achiv, that's when we're brothers, up until the Chorban. Hartsa Seir, that's when Esav is over us. Sedei Edom, Edom is a plowed over field, that's when we, we are over them. The Rechaim says that this is the hint of these three tekufos. Now, finally, the Kliyakar. So the Kliyakar says, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Lefanat. Yaakov sent Malachim. Pirish Rashi Malachim Mamish. So Rashi says that they were truly Malachim, actual angels. Okay, so I want to ask you a question, ladies. How does Rashi know this? How does he know it means Malach and Mamish? Think, think about how we started this year. That's where we left off. That's where we left off. Right, that was the end of Parsha's Vayetze. That bridge to connect one Parsha and another. So back there in Vayetze, way back there, right, Tupsukim ago, but we're not thinking about it. It's the end of last week's Parsha. So the Torah says there, He met up with Malachim. So it's from those Malachim that he met up with, that he sends to Esav. How does Rashi know that? These two parashios are right, one right after the other. So that's Malachim Mamish. Now, I'm going to go back, as I mentioned to you, the Balaturim is constantly connecting the end of one Parsha to the beginning of another. So he says at the end of Parsha's Vayetzek, you got to listen to this, you can write it down if you want. Machanaim. Yaakov called them Machanaim. Mem, Ches, Nun, Yud, Mem. So this is the, the last Balaturim in Parsha's Vayetzek. No trikin, it's the Rashi Tevos. I'll read it out first in Lashon Kodesh. Me'osan chayolim natal Yaakov malachim. From those legions, Yaakov took his angels. Mem, me'oso, ches, chayolim, nun, natal, yud, Yaakov, malachim. Yaakov called the Machanoim, and he took from those legions to send forward to Asa. That directly connects last week's Parsha. And this week's parasha. So again, Machanayim Me'osan Chayolim Natal Yaakov Malachim. Yes. Mem Me'osan, from those Chayolim, legions, Natal, he took Yaakov, Malachim, angels. Okay, now we have enough to start the Midrash. Okay, and enough, enough information that we can look at the Midrash and know a little bit what we're, 
what we're talking about. Debbie, please. I don't know if this is just a children's interpretation. Please. But um, wasn't it when um, Yaakov lied down anyway, the Malachim, Malachim were going up and down, and the ones who were going up were the ones who were protecting the Eretz Israel, and the ones who were coming down were the ones who were uh, protect, protecting Chutzahos. Yes. So when he's coming back, it, it makes sense that he's, there's two groups there then. You got it. One's got to go, one's, one's coming. That's right. What you're saying is exactly right. At the beginning of say when Yaakov has the dream with the Sulam, then the Eretz Yisroel Malachim are going up and the Chutz Lords are coming up. Now it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Bookends, really, really, and both the end of Ayetzeh, beginning of Vayishlach, and really the end of it, begin, sorry, beginning of Ayetzeh and end of Ayetzeh, bookends in terms of the Malachim. Thank you. Okay, now we're going to see the Midrash, and you have a photocopy there which should have a front and a back. What we're going to look at is where it says page Yud Aleph on the top left, and letter Yud Zayin. So this is from the end of Vayetze, the end of last week's Parsha. V'yakov halach ledarko, reading from the Midrash, Yaakov went on his way, Vayifka uvo malachei Elohim. And Malachim of Elohim met up with him. So this is a beautiful midrash. Kama Malachim hoyu, how many Malachim were Cholim umraktim lifnei Yaakov that were dancing in circles in front of Yaakov, circle dancing, the way we dance, the way Yidin dance. How many Malachim were there dancing in front of Yaakov, Avinu, when he entered the land of Israel. Now, just before we go a little further, take a look at... Let me find it. At the HCO safe, which is immediately to the right of the Midrash that we're learning... Immediately to the right, it says two letters there, Yud Zayin and Tesvav. Kama Malachim, how many Malachim? Shekiblu Panav B'Simcha Raba. That they were Makabal Panim. They greeted Yaakov with great joy and celebration. B'Sova Samachos, that's an expression from Tehillim. Their whole face was satiated with joy. Sova Samachos. That Yaakov Avinu was ready to enter the Holy Land. So this is a major celebration. So we're thinking about the Malachim met Yaakov Avinu. There, Tisra Malachim came out to greet him. That's already pretty, pretty impressive. But not only that, but they're making a big simcha. They're dancing. You know, sometimes when you see a great person, you know, and all the people come out. I remember when Rav Steinman, Shayichya, Layamim, Tovim, Aruchim, came to Baltimore several years ago, like hundreds and hundreds of people, but like dancing, like, and he, it was like a simcha that he came to the city. You get, you get that feeling. So this is Yaakov coming into Eretz Yisroel, and the Malachim are dancing, because wow, here comes Yaakov Avinu into Eretz Yisroel, what an unbelievable simcha. He hasn't been here for 36 years. Not only that, but he's ready. Muchan lavo likanets le'eretz hakadosha. Got to be ready to go to Yisrael. So another, another zechus of Yaakov Avinu. Im lavan garti v'tayag mitzvah shamarti. He wasn't coming from yeshiva to Eretz Yisrael. He left yeshiva 22 years ago. He was going from base lavan to Eretz Yisrael. Maybe you'll think he had a Yerida, right? Who wouldn't in Lovin's house? Well, he didn't. In Lovin Garti, Vitayag Mitzvah Shamarti, Yaakov is constantly going up, even in base Lovin, and he's ready to enter Eretz Yisrael, and the Malachim are there to greet him. Okay, now, we'll just read the one more commentary there in the Eitz Yosef, because our finger's already there. Liknisasa Oretz. So look at the question here, the Mephorshim raised. Yaakov is not quite in Eretz Yisrael yet. He's on his way, but he's not there. So the Eitz Yosef picks up on this. 
Kishohaya Korov Likanes Loretz, when he was close. He's not there yet, but he's getting closer. Simchu, sorry, Samchu HaMalachim. The Malachim were already happy because they could already anticipate his presence. He's almost here. He's almost here. The Kadmu Panav. And so they went out to greet him. So you know what I think happened here? I think that Malachim of Eretz Yisrael went into Chutz Laaretz. You have to say that. Yaakov's not in Eretz Yisrael yet. It's like we're thinking like right on the border, you know, that the Malachim of Chutz Laaretz, like they go away and make the transition. Malachim of Eretz Yisrael, they, they come in now to greet Yaakov. No, they cross the border. That's how great Yaakov Avinu is. Passport control, customs, nothing got in their way. And they cross the border to greet Yaakov before he comes in. This celebration is happening in Chutzloretz. He's about to come in. I think, again, it's just another expression of the godless of Yaakov Avinu, that a whole troop of Malachim leave the land of Israel in order to greet him, so they're escorting him into the land. Okay, so how many were there? Let's go back to the Midrash. That was the Midrash question. Two opinions. Rabbi Huna, B'Shem Rabbi Eivo. Usually that's pronounced Aibo in Yeshiva language, but Art Scroll knows better because they actually looked into it. So Eivu, Amar, Shishim Ribo Malachim Hoyu Cholim Bifna Yaakov Avinu Bichnisas Tolorit. 600,000 Malachim were dancing in the presence of Yaakov Avinu when he came into Eretz Yisrael. Kenegad, 600,000 Jews. That's always the number of Shlemus. Hadahu Dichsiv, as it says, Vayomer Yaakov, Kasher Ra'am Machanei Elohim Zeh, Yaakov said when he saw them, this is a camp of Hashem, Manat Machanei Elohim. Ve'en Shechina Shora, Pachos Mishishim Ribo. And the, the Shechina does not rest on less than 600,000. So one camp means 600,000 malachim. That's Rav Huna, the first opinion. Rabban and Ami, the Chachamim say, Kuf Chaf Ribo. No, 1.2 million people, double 600,000. Why? Machanayim, two camps. Vayikros Shem HaMakom Ahu Machanayim Hare. If Machaneh is 600,000, Machanaim is double that. So 1.2 million Malachim were there. Amar Rebbe Yudan. Rebbe Yudan says, Natal me'elu u'me'elu. Now back to our Parsha, heading into Vayishlach. Yaakov took some angels from this camp and some angels from that camp which means, according to what we've been learning, some Chutzla Oretz angels and some Eretz Yisroel Malachim, Natal me'elu u'me'elu, the Sholach Pruzabim Lefanov, and he sent a delegation. And the Forshim said it's a Greek word, Pruzabim, delegation. Before him to Esav, Hadahu Dichiv, as it says, now our parasha of Ayishlach Yaakov, Malachim Lefanat, Yaakov sent Malachim in front of him. Okay, so I want to ask you a question, ladies. Why did Yaakov send from both camps? Why did he send Malachim to Esav from both camps of Malachim? What do you think? Why does the Midrash have to say that? Why doesn't it just say he sent Malachim to them? It makes the point of saying that he selected Malachim from each Machanah. Why is that significant? What do you think? Gil, you have a thought? Thinking? Okay. Okay. Yes, please, Alka. In both ways, right? Both ways, right? So I'm, I'm thinking along those lines. I looked at the Meforshim. Nobody commented on this point. And I was thinking about it this morning, and it occurs to me something very similar to what Elka is saying, that 
we have to fight Esav in both places. We have to be prepared for Esav in Chutz Oretz, and we have to be prepared for Esav in Eretz Yisrael. There's a lot of Esav in Eretz Yisrael right now. His presence is very strong there. So is Yishmoel. There's plenty of Esav too. A lot of churches in Eretz Yisrael and everything that they represent. So we have to send Malachim to Esav to be prepared for Esav in both places. Malachim of Eretz Yisrael and Malachim of Chutzlaret. Esav does not leave us alone when we get into the land of Eretz Yisrael. Until Mashiach comes, when Mashiach comes and the Moshiim will come from Hartzion, then Lishpotis Har Esav. That's Mashiach's time when we'll judge Esav and all that they did to us. That will be judged. But in the meantime, their, their long reach uh, reaches into the land of Israel as well. And just look, you know, from, from the kinder face, you know, of Edom, the United States of America, which has been very kind and good to the Jewish people and very kind and good to the to the state of Israel much more than any other country in the world. And Baruch Hashem, that we've had that support from them. So Israel's constantly seeking uh, America's opinion, advice. There's always delegations that are very connected to the United States right now in the land of Israel. So Edom is in Eretz Yisrael, strong presence right now. And part of Yaakov's endeavor is to show Esav kavod, the Mephorshim say. Yaakov knows he has to show Esav kavod. So he's sending a very hush of delegation to him. We always have to keep that in mind, to have kavod for people, whether or not we may think that that's completely necessary, Yaakov is saying it did. Now the Chachamim say, in their greatness, Yaakov went too far. So he gave over, overly, oh sorry, too much kavod to Asa. And he, he called him his master eight times, and as a result of that, there were eight malachim who came from Edom before there was a, a melech in the, from, for the, from the people, of, from the nation of Israel. So he went overboard according to some of the Mephorshim, but regardless, they're not criticizing that he showed Asa kavod. That's understood you have to do. But how far do you go? Uh, there was the hand up. Well, El- Debbie, yeah, please. Yeah, so they're saying, uh, I'm thinking of different ones with different talents. Mm-hmm. But that's why. We need the ones who are used to the way life is out of Eretz Israel. Right. Because they have a different color. Absolutely. Right. And our own relationship, right, with our neighbors in, in, in Futsoritz. Has a very different feel than our relationship with our non-Jewish neighbors in Eretz Yisrael. Just on our plane, the way you relate to the people are just different, different cultural experience, different phenomena. So, Esav in Eretz Yisrael, Esav in Chutz Laaretz Yaakov makes sure that he's addressing each dimension of that relationship. Yes, Mrs. Fran. Okay, good question. It's not clear to me. According to some of the Mephorshim that I saw, it appears like Esav did know that. That he could tell that these are lofty beings, and that, put, that struck fear in him. And Yaakov was Davka trying to strike fear in Esav. But others don't seem to say that, that he thought they were very dignified emissaries, but not Malachim. Oh, He already sent that first group of holy angels, right? So I, I think it's a very similar thing that, you know, we're talking about Esav, and it's a step-by-step approach to how to pacify him, mollify him, maybe go to war with him. And it's not just all in one shot, you know. It's just, okay, let's gradually deal with this. So the first step is Yaakov either strikes a little fear into Esau's heart, or he shows him a tremendous amount of kavod, or both. But if you have Malachim, I think that he still has to make the hishtablus on his own, like we always do. 
we still have to make that human hishtadlus. So then after this experience of malachim, and it's so interesting because it happens on really twice, Yaakov first has to fight physically the angel of Esav. And then there's this meeting between Yaakov and Esav and their camps, two levels. And some of that battle has to be physical, has to be real people in the real world. Otherwise, we're not really defeating Esav in our world. We're relying on higher forces, which we need to, but it has to be present in the world of people. And I think, therefore, the messengers, the gifts, etc., that makes it a complete hishtadlus. He got to even that out a little bit, right? And Yaakov is also aware that there's a Malach of Asa that he has to contend with, right? Clearly. Elka, did you have a comment before? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking that yeah. the, um, these non Jews that are supporting Eretz Yisrael uh-huh. today, uh-huh. They, they really they give a lot of money, they go to Eretz Yisrael, they have different reasons. I, uh, right, they have their own motivations, right? Right. Right. But yet they do do They that. do. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that when Israel feels like it has to kowtow, it has to do what, that, that, that's the part that they're, they're, we're missing, the Eretz Yisrael cover, you, you, you do appease them a little bit, but if they say X and Israel has to do Y, just forget it. Really, Hashem is going to protect us. And I always feel like Israel just like doesn't understand that piece that we don't have to do every single thing that America wants us to do and it would be better in the eyes of all the nations if we stood up to the United States and said, okay, we're, you know, you don't want to give us the money because we're not doing, okay, that's okay. We don't... We Isn't don't. that this topic, like there's kavod and there's over kavod, there's too much kavod. Yaakov Avinu is trying to feed his great stature to show kavod to Esau, the Chacham said he went overboard. Seems like we do the same thing in what you're talking about. We're in Gaulus, right? We're in Gaulus. And we are under the thumb to, at least in terms of the physical world, of Esau and Yishmoel. We're only under Hashem's guidance, but we do get tripped up in these confrontations. I remember in the previous Lebanon War, when President Bush was the president in the, right before the Obama administration, and he gave the green light to Israel to go into Lebanon to clean up. And the way they described that war in Israel was that like we were constantly in, in communication with America. Should we go further? Like that's how you fight a war? Go fight the war. Easy for us to say, right? We're not in the general seat. We're not the prime minister of Israel. But those are the things that we get tripped up into. We're very reliant on America for good reason, but we go overboard. Yeah, please, Ilana. I also think it, it just follows that he would send Malachim to both camps because he just spent 22 years with Zoros. It's almost like um, in Mama Darcy, like, they, yeah, he has protection showing Esav outside and from when he's been inside. Very good. So he's kind of showing Esav what he accomplished in Beis Lavan, right? These are all the Malachim that come from my time over there. Very nice. Very nice. And the other thing I just wanted to ask them, Please. When Rachel died around this point, and the dancing of Malian Malachim, there's such a touch of sadness. Yaakov must have been devastated. So how does that fit in with the great Simcha and his devastation, I'm sure, at that time? It's a very good question. I don't think I know how to respond to it. I, I kind of have to put myself in that place, which, which I'm not able to. And it just it seems to me like you have your, your moments of sadness and mourning and your moments of simcha, and this was a moment of simcha. It's not like they were in the middle of shiva, you know, for Rachel, that had, that had concluded already. So somehow you have both things going on, but a better question, you know, than an answer. How, how do you juggle that? And we, of, we often, unfortunately, have the same juggling in our own lives. Yes, not easy. Okay, so that is the Midrash over there. I wanted to take a look at the next Midrash. Now, take a look on the next page or the back of the page. Malachim.
And this one is from this week's parsha. So now we saw that Rashi said Malachim Mamish, right? By Yishlach Yaakov Malachim, Malachim Mamish. Elu Shluche Basar so the first opinion is that these are human malachim. Nobody said that in the Mephorish HaTorah, right? Quite fascinating. We wouldn't even know that there's a machlokis, but there is. So the first opinion is Elu Shluche Basar they were human malachim. Rabbanan Amri, no, the Chachamim said malachim mamish. That's Rashi's quote. He's quoting directly from our Midrash, malachim mamish. Truly, angels. Am Rabbi Chama Bar Chanina. Now we're going to go forward to a little bit of a different topic than what we've seen until now. Hagar Shif Chasora Chosa. Hagar was the maidservant of Sora. V'nizdam nulach hamisha malachim. And there were five malachim who came to talk to her. And they bring that out from Sukim when she's thrown out of the house there. Zeshahu ahuvo shabayis alachas... Kama v'kama. So certainly, if Hogar has five malachim who are going to her to talk to her, Yaakov Avinu, who's Ahuvo Shabayas, the beloved one of the house of Israel, Alachas Kama v'kama, he has malachim at his fingertips. Next one, Ma Eliezer, Shohaya Abdo Shabayas. Eliezer was an Eved of Avraham. Nizdav Gulo Kama Malachim. Many Malachim joined up with him when he went to get Rivka to marry Yitzchak. Many Malachim were there with Eliezer. Zeshahu Ahuvo Shabayis Alachas Kama Vakama. So this one, Yaakov, who's the beloved one of the house of Israel, all the more so does he have so many Malachim. Omar Rebiosi, Rebiosi says, Yosef Ketanan Shoshvatam Hoya. Yosef was the youngest of the Shvatim, and the Mephorshim say it means almost the youngest. Then Yemen was the youngest. But he's almost the youngest. Then he's Dab And three Malachim appeared to Yosef when he was sent by Yaakov to see what's happening with his brothers. Hadahu as it says later in the Torah, Vayim Sa'ehu Ish, and a man found him, meaning found Yosef. Vayish Olehu Ha'ish, second time the man asked him, Vayomer Ha'ish, and the man said to him, Who's the Ish? The Malach. Remember which one? Gavriel. Ish Lavu Shabadim. When it says Ish and it refers to a Malach, it usually is Gavriel. Zeshahu Avien Shokulana. So if Yosef, who's the youngest of the Shvatim, has three Malachim appear to him, so the father of all of them, Allah has kama v'kama, all the more so he has these malachim, and as we saw, either 600,000 or 120,000. Lifanov. Now the Midrash and the Meforshi HaTorah are only on this word, because you don't need it. It could have just said, Vayishlach Yaakov malachim, El Esav. What's Lifanov? So Yaakov did something that was lifanav, and it's really connected to what we were talking about. sha'ato. To this one, meaning Esav, whose time has come, meaning Esav is on the rise. Litol ha-malchus. He's going to get malchus for a while. Lifanav, in front of him. So Yaakov knows what's ahead of him. He knows who he's greeting and Esav's mazel is good right now. Rabbi Shua Amar, Rabbi Shua says, Sholach purpira utalake kadamohi. That Yaakov took a cloak, like a regal garment, and he spread it out in front of Esav. Kind of like showing him majesty. Amar le. And Yaakov says to Esav, Ein shenei zarziri mesheni madaf echad. Two little birds can't rest on one plank. Meaning, Malchus is either mine or it's yours. Right now it's yours. It's like 
spreads out the majestic cloak in front of him. El Esav Achiv, to Esav his brother. This is Mamish what we're talking about. He's Esav, he's our brother. Like Orachayim HaKadr said that we saw, there's a time in history, he's our brother. There's a time in history, he's sholate over us. There's a time later, Bimeira B'yameinu, where we're sholate over him. So Esav Achiv, Esav Achiv. And going back to our point from the Midrash that Yaakov sends Malachim from this camp and from that camp. There's always this double relationship with Esav. Artsa Seyer Sedei Adam. Now the last part is going to comment on the redness of Esav, which has to do with the Midah of Din, and in Esav's respect, with the over-emphasis, extreme Midah of Din, which is called red. So Artsa Seyer Sedei Adam. The land of Seyer the field of Adam. Who Adam? Esav himself was red. The Torah said he came out of the, of the womb red. The Tavshilo Adam, his cooked food, is red. Like it said when Yaakov gave, gave him, Min Adam Adam Hazeh. Va'artso Aduma, his land, is red. Giborov Adumim, his soldiers, are red. Levushov Adumim, his garments, are red. And when he is punished, he'll be punished by red. And the Meforshim say that is Hashem's Midah of Din now taking punishment against Esav. Bilavush Adam. Who Adam? It's going to happen, all will be red when, when he is inflicted with punishment. Harishon Admoni. So when it says, Who Adam? He's red, as it says in the Pasuk, and the first one came out all red. Tafshilo Adam, as it says, Halitenina, Minha Adam Adam Hazeh. Artso Aduma, as it says, Artsa Seyer Sede Adam. Giborov Adumim, his soldiers are red. Anshe Chayel, Metulaim, and the rest of that is red. Uparea Mimenu Adam, and Hashem will punish him, and Hashem is Kiviachal, red. Dodi Tzach Adam. As it says in Shir Hashirim, my beloved one, Hashem, is tzach, clear, pure, and adam, red. Bilavush adam, and kiviyochel Hashem will be wearing red garments. Madua adam lilavushecha. That's Hashem in his midah of deen, punishing Esau for all of his deen. And all the bloodshed which he is responsible for over history, Hashem takes the same midah, keneged midah, and he punishes him. Yes, please, Mrs. Fran. They dress in red. I never really thought of them. The red yarmulke, too, right? There is that red, that red skull cap they wear. Where's red? Maybe they read the midrash. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they probably did. Right. So Rashi is going on the the hint that we have from the end of Parshas Vayetzei. That's what the Mephorshim say. Why does Rashi say that? Because we were just talking about Malachim, and so clearly that's what he took from when he sent Asa messengers. So the Fihapshad it works because that's who we're dealing with. The Yaakov Halach the and then Vayishlach Yaakov Malachi. The same, same ones. Yeah, please, Alka. Uh, I have a question. Sure. Yeah. That's a very good question. We usually think about it as the same person. So, and, the, and the Midrash does say here, Shlosha Malachim. So I don't know. You know. I would speculate for a minute that maybe it's from the legions of Gavriel, once Gavriel, and maybe once uh, or twice more from his legions, but that's strictly speculation. I don't know. Until I saw this Midrash, my assumption was always that it was just Gavriel, 
and talking to him three times. I never, never pictured it as being three malachim. Unless it's three different manifestations of Gavriel, three different roles of Gavriel, each one slightly nuanced a little differently. That's also a possibility. Yes, Sandy, please. Um, in the beginning of the class when you talked about the Orachayim and the hint of the three periods yes. of time, yes. those, are they written in the Torah? Yeah. Yeah, those three hints to the periods of time are in the very first Pasuk of Parshas Vayishlach. So, Esav Achiv, Artsa Seir, and Sedei Adam. Yeah. Yeah, please. This is his When you say Artsa Adumah, yeah. I, I think it means soaked in blood. We're, we're giving the impression of a violent society, violent people, and everything they do is, you know, stained with blood. blood. Yeah. Oh, so the is, is it's blood. blood and it's deen. It's unrestrained gavura, untempered gavura, which of course turns into violence. Mm-hmm. The land too, like like blood blood drenched. <coughs> so is it literally red? I I don't know, but I think the uh, the connotations of the midges more so that that violent trend that they have. Yeah, yeah. Please, Elena. When United States is called Edom, it always puzzles me a little bit because they're not violent. Maybe right. it's just taking his other characteristics. It's immorality, maybe. But the violence really is. Yeah, I mean, B'derech Kalal, Baruch Hashem, thank God, it's a peaceful country, you know. A lot more, a lot more for sure. So, but, you know, the, uh, the European countries are descendants of Edom. The Nazis are, you know, descendants of Edom, Yimach Shaman. And people you know, talk about this, both in the you know, Orthodox press and in the general press, about the the difference of American Christian culture and European Christian culture. And American Christian culture to date being more peaceful, more embracing, certainly of the Jewish people and of the land of Israel, no question. You know, our time in Europe was, you know, one, one exile after another. So they're both two different facets of Edom. And thank God we're living right now... Uh, amongst a peaceful Edom for the Jewish people, Cain Yerbu. Uh, but we all know, as Eden, that we always have to have our eyes open. Always. Shem Yishmor Is it physical blood, or is it the... Right. Right, so I don't know if that's an Edom concept or if that's an, another concept, another facet, which has to do with Arayos and Zenuth. You know, is that related to Edom or not? I don't know. It's certainly something we have to deal with. I want to say something to you. Heliga, Jewish women, because I'm feeling it so strongly. Every day in the paper now, right, another top executive sexual harassment, every day, right? Hundreds and hundreds of women who try to work their way up in society, and at every juncture there's a man who's ready to pounce on them. Right? Every day right now. Two, two more yesterday, two famous people who were fired uh, for, because of sexual harassment uh, charges. So, you know, over the years, a woman puts her hand out to shake. So I say, I'm sorry, I can't shake your hand. My religion does not allow that. So sometimes the comment is okay, you know, I understand, no problem. Sometimes it's not, not, you're not so happy with that. You don't respect me. You don't respect the fact that I'm a woman, you want to touch me. But now the wisdom of our Torah comes out. No, it's because I do respect you that I won't touch you. Right. Yeah. And that's the Hanhoga Tova, right? That he won't sit alone with a woman at dinner. He's a married man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're going to have a problem with that? Yeah, he got a lot of heat for that. A lot of heat for that. You're not respect. No, it, it, that is goof for the respect. And of course it goes both ways because 
Nagia, a man can't touch a woman, a woman can't touch a man outside of her family. So it's so much respect that we have laden in our Baruch Hashem tradition the laws of Yichud and the laws of Nagia. If those laws, even in a looser fashion by the non-Jewish world, were kept, even in a looser fashion, not as strict as we are, they would not be having all of these hundreds and hundreds of cases. Because there are barriers. See, this is, is, of course, you know, gone. Now, our, I would never be self-righteous on this topic. We have our own problems, for sure. We have to look at that. We have to deal with that. We have our own problems. But the chachma of the Torah and the chachma of our chachamim, don't touch. And if you're going to touch, that's it. You cross the line. It's only a matter of time. Until a touching becomes a hug, etc., etc., etc. It's only a matter of time. And, my, and it's mamish maisa b'choyom now in every single news publication of all of this horribly immoral uh, behavior, taking, taking advantage of women who are extremely vulnerable, extremely vulnerable in, this, in these relationships. Please. Yeah, please. Yes. Yeah. And then they're surprised or they're annoyed. Yeah. And they behave like I mean my husband looks like he's not gonna go near him. He you know, Baruch Hashem has always looked like that. Even going to work. But after working a few days at work, women came over to him and go, Oh, so you wear this do you change this all the time? And like they don't even think twice right. about grabbing something off his head. Right. And just, you know, or just going, Oh look, your tail is hanging because he sees you know, they see the what senses, right. right. They don't Right. So Hands to, off. They right. want a hug. They want to right. hug. You know, we went to an automobile, somebody. Right. But, oh, you know, yeah. and I just stood, I went right in front of went, oh, yes, we're so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to do. You got to insert yourself. One of the bosses went over to me and grabbed me and just said, oh, you're the prettiest one. You know, he complimented me, and I'm like, my husband said, you look like, uh, I was like, Right, so you, you have to be but, just okay, be a stone. You have to be turned into a stone, right? He was being polite. Right, right. But, but see, but you can't have it both ways. Not to do that, you can't have it both ways. This separation, right. You wouldn't get into the, they, they, they have tried to have it both ways. Yes, that's what I think. And you can't do it. Yeah. And, and, and the society and what's happening in society right now mm-hmm. is showing you can't do it. You can't have it both ways. If you're going to hug, and you, yes. here, yes, here, no, yes. here, attach, not here, yes. this, this relationship, okay, this one, not okay, this kind, you can't do that. It's got to be a clear line, kadoshin to you. Anyway, it's been on my mind, I wanted to share it with you. Nashim Sikhaniya. I didn't say this at the beginning, so I'm going to say this now, that the class was sponsored by Faith Wolf in loving memory of her mother, Nessa Basvelvel. And also, Lahabdo bin Chaim Lachaim for a refuah shlema for our friend Linda Katz, uh, who had surgery this past Tuesday. Leia Bas Lila should be a refuah shlema for her. Bas Lila. Mm-hmm. Have a great day, everybody. Have a wonderful week and a good Shabbos. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you very much, Jayla. You pressed it off. I didn't. I didn't turn it off.